everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of The Carousel Project. Today we are talking about fast passes. But first, yay! (laughs) 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 But first, my name is Josie, and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida. My name is Kate, and I am on all socials at Kate Killebrew. And I'm Adam, and I'm on all socials at Epcot Adam. Heck yeah, he is. You know, I wish my, I wish I had thought of that. Epcot Josie. Yeah, why didn't we all just become Epcot? Like Epcot Kate. Epcot I know, there's still Adam. time. Well, I feel like your I feel like your favorite is an Epcot Kate. Yeah, that's what's tough. I like I could be Epcot Josie, but you could not be. <laughs> Hater. I would have <laughs> to be MGM be Kate. Yeah, but. That would be confusing. Well, I've always loved Epcot. Growing up, I, I the problem is Listen, so much. Don't try to change your tune now. Don't try no, to serious. change your tune. I'm serious. I just miss an Epcot that doesn't exist. That's the issue. <laughs> don't we all? Well, today's I'm defunct, Kate. Technically. Just like you miss an M- MGM that doesn't exist. It's true. Exactly true. You could be a defunct Kate, a defunct Kate, and an Epcot Josie. <laughs> she just can't be on our level, Adam. Or nostalgic. Nope. Nostal Kate, like I'm about the nostalgia of it all. <laughs> we seriously are. Nostalgia is one a hell of a drug, people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We're so all falling apart. Mystery question. What a shock! Oh yeah. So our question of the week. I decided I wasn't going to tell the Kate Josie show and Adam. went in full swing this week. Seriously, we don't even know the yep. question. It is. I wish I could explain to you guys how wonderful Kate and Adam are because we normally joke about it being the Josie show, but I I really have kind of turned it into the Josie show this week. So they are incredible. <laughs> um, okay, so the question is, what is your favorite memory having to do with fast passes? Because I know we all have some, and if you guys aren't ready, I have mine ready, so that way. But I, I thought it'd be yes, fun to do a little surprise it. question because I thought you guys would like that. Do you like it? It's the yeah. Josie show. It is so the Josie show. So it. whether you like it or not, really, yeah, go Josie, go Josie, go Josie, go. Um, okay. <laughs> so I remember, like, the one time I got to go to Disney with my family was when I was eighteen. We went when I was four, but I don't really remember it. And then we went again when I was eighteen, and I loved it, had a blast. But my parents went and listened to. Um, a DVC thing so you could get extra fast passes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I bought into DVC. Really? They offered me yeah, a $50 gift card those meetings and, fast and like three fast passes each and then however many thousands of dollars later. Right? That's wild. <laughs> Here I am. That's crazy. So yeah, my parents went to sit in that just for the fast passes. They knew they weren't going to sign up. Um, but the things your parents do to get you fast passes. And so I had, it was just me, my brother, my other brother, and my little sister. And I was 18 and they were pretty young at the time. And we were literally my mom was so manic about us getting these fast passes and making sure we got the right ones and it was back when they still had like the little kiosk so I'm literally holding hands with these three kids like running through Hollywood studios the hot ride at the time was Toy Story Mania that's what we had to get a fast pass for and so I'm like running through with these tickets with all three of these kids I felt like millions of people were running past me towards the same line um and we got there and we got the fast passes and I just remember like calling my mom and being like you know we were both such planners and it was just it cracked me up that like still to this day I remember running through this theme park trying to get these little papers with three children who have no idea what the hell is going on my first cuss of the (laughs) There we go. First of many. <laughs> First of what we know will be many. 
Yes. <laughs> Caitlin? Well, mine is a is a thing of the past. Um, so basically, back in the day, probably the early 2000s-ish, um, there used to be this thing every single day in the morning when the park opened in Magic Kingdom, the people would rush over to Tom Sawyer Island in search of a paintbrush because there were paintbrushes hid, hidden mm-hmm. on the island. And if you found one of these paintbrushes, you could get a fast pass for either Thunder or Splash Mountain for like you and either up to five people or up to ten people. It was like a group fast pass situation. But uh-huh. I, I got to hunt for them a few times, but even if we didn't actually go hunt, my mom and Kevin were the MVPs, and they were always on that raft. They would find that paintbrush while my, my brother, my dad, my sister, and I would go ride Space Mountain or Splash or Thunder, like, right as the park opened. So um, <laughs> that's my moment is getting the paintbrush and getting that fast pass for whatever time you wanted. It was any time you just brought it up and you could use it. So I love that. I had a really great trip when I was in college. I came for my spring break, my senior year. Everyone else went obviously like to a beach to drink. And I went to Disney with my friend. We had the best trip, (laughs) but I remember we had the morning after we got there, we had Cinderella's Royal table at 7am and our luggage was not getting to the room. Like we did the magical, um, Express. We did the Magical Express. Express and the luggage Ooh. was just not getting there. Oh, no. So I kept calling and like I was never nasty about it. I was really nice and the lady was super nice to me. And she was like, for your troubles, I'm going to put like three fast passes, three additional fast passes Aww. per day on your account for every day that you're here. So wow. we had our pre-planned fast passes and then they put three additional fast passes on our account for both of us. For all the days of our trip, for any attraction we wanted at any time. And it was using one of those fast passes that we went on the great movie ride for the last time. Because if we hadn't had a fast pass, if we hadn't had a fast pass, we were going to skip it. It was a long wait that day. Mm -hmm. We were going to skip it because I was going down for my college program just a few months later. And I was like, I'll get to do it whenever. But then they announced literally a week before my college program that they were closing it. Or it closed a week before my college program. So anyway... That was also another good fast pass That's story. That's amazing. Okay, Adam, what's your fast pass story? Do you have a lot of fast? What does California um, do for fast pass? The we had fast pass. Right, the same thing. And then they yeah. had max pass come yeah. to be in 2017. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kate, take PQ answer for me, please. <laughs> yeah, let me share your my story. Proxy. No, I'm just joking. Right, you're my proxy. <laughs> Sorry. I send my own proxy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, towards like max pass at Disneyland was great and. The way the system worked, we kind of figured out a way to kind of stack them. You can only make one at a time. You can only like book one and then you had to wait either 90 minutes to book the next one. Or um, if like the your time came up, mm-hmm. you could then book a next one. So we, my, my friend Max and I would do it a lot where we would time it. So we would book like we would be able to have like five in a row. And we would just go from ride to ride to ride to ride to ride without waiting. Yeah. And just as soon as we got in line for one, we'd book another and book another. So it would just be like we'd bounce for like four or five hours just from fast pass line to fast pass line. And it was great. And then they said no more fast passes or max passes or anything of the sort. 
so here we are. But um, <laughs> so here we yeah, are. I, I'm the but I miss it. But the one thing I don't miss on a Disney World level is wake or staying up until four a.m. my time to try to book flight of yeah. passage fast passes. Oh my gosh! Out, yes, that was fast a plus. sugar show. <laughs> <laughs> Fast past to Friday. Oh my gosh, those cups did not age well. They still they're still exist, out. Though. Yeah, I saw still them. Out. I saw them like two weeks ago when I was at um, uh, Disneyland, which is cracking me up. I'm shocked people haven't bought them all up because normally when something goes defunct, right. people go like crazy for the merch. Well, and people when I made that video, the okay James, people were yeah. like commenting saying like these should be fifty percent off, and I'm like, do you know how Disney works? They're not gonna yeah. put this on sale. Yeah, like, that's not how it works. Right. When something closes them. at Disney you're gonna pay more monetize they're not gonna they're not gonna admit their mistake by making those they already (laughs) made those cups yep anyways amazing amazing so let's dive into fast pass and kate since this topic was your idea your baby you jump into it girl (laughs) okay that was me diving you didn't get to see i wish i wish we could have had we saw we saw fun fact i really can't dive i won't keep both of my legs straight because i'm scared of Whatever, we don't need to talk about I've this. never okay. even tried diving. Oh, never, really? Never I was on tried. the swim team, so anytime oh. we have to dive anywhere. Oh, Kate knows the owner. <laughs> I was, but I was the girl in high school that still couldn't dive. I would just stick one of my... It was it was really bad. Anyway, it's fine. I'm we're sure fine. it was great. We're good. Um. Okay, so today we're talking about the history of the Fast Pass, which... We, I feel like this is a t- timely episode considering the changes that have recently happened with not only the mm-hmm. name, but the system itself. Um, but basically, the idea of trying to move lines along goes as far back as when Walt Disney World first opened um, due to the, the ticket book system, the A through E tickets. Um, the issue they found at Magic Kingdom in comparison to Disneyland was that many of all of the e-ticket attractions had such longer lines because everybody assumed those were they were the best of the best attractions. But, for example, instead of checking out a D-ticket attraction like they might have done in Disneyland at the time to kind of disperse through the book, they focused all their time on just waiting in these long lines for Country Bear Jamboree and the other attractions that were e-tickets at the time. So um, the biggest issue in Magic Kingdom, its opening year, was the low capacity of two major attractions, which were Country Bear Jamboree and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea could only um, deal with, they could only take 1,200 guests per hour, whereas Haunted Mansion could take, I believe, 2,800. So much wow. higher capacity due to the Omnimover system. Country Bear Jamboree Thanks, had, <laughs> had an even lower capacity because it was a stage, it was a stage show. Um, and so they could only fit so many people in the theaters. There's only so many shows in an hour, X, Y, Z. So while the ticket system, the A3 ticket system, allowed Disneyland to curb demand for popular attractions, it didn't really work out as well as Walt Disney World just because they were already like they already understood the A through E system and they understood that the E ticket were the best of the best. So they spent all of their time waiting in these extra long lines since everybody waited for the E tickets and they weren't seeing any any people in line for like the A, B, C, D ticket attractions. Um, 
this false demand um, for attractions like Country Bear Jamboree and other e-ticket attractions was recognized by Bruce Laval, which is basically the star of this Fast Pass show. Um, Bruce was initially hired in 1971 after graduating from the University of Florida with an MBA specializing in operations research. Um, he joined over at Walt Disney World as an industrial engineer in 1971, and he was among the first to utilize computer simulations for optimizing systems, which was a big deal at this time because computers took up an entire room. Um, and for him to be able to, you know, utilize that technology to help them plan ahead for capacity, things like that, he was able to find um, the issues in like not being able to get maximum efficiency on things. Um, one situation that Jim Hill from Disney Dish talked about from his interview with Bruce was the monorail system. Basically, when the monorail first opened, Disney executives wanted to be able to prove to the people in Burbank that they actually needed six monorail cars instead of like six monorail trains instead of just five. So they hired Bruce to get him to prove that if they had the sixth car, if they spent the money on the sixth train, it would be worth the money. But when he actually ran the simulations, he found out that they didn't need six. They only needed four for it to operate at max capacity. So it kind of backfired on them by getting him to do that. But basically the reason he came to this understanding was because the trains are meant to run at 35 miles per hour. If they are within a certain distance of another train, they have to slow down at that point. So therefore, if there's more trains on the track, they're more likely to slow down, not reaching Mm -hmm. as full capacity, et cetera, et cetera. So this was basically his first shot of proving his understanding of like these systems and simulations. And when they tested it, his theory was correct. And from then on, he became like the go-to guy for any future attractions, like understanding capacity, numbers, efficiency. Which is crazy that people's brains work in that way. Um, because I know my brain certainly does not. Um, I wanted to point out too, that we had been planning this episode literally for weeks. We planned out the whole entire season Mm -hmm. and then we had been researching and researching this and then our favorite defunct land came out with a defunct land episode so we were able to do a lot of research from the episode that they created and it was just insane timing but we love you kevin perger and kevin perger is amazing remember that time i slid into kevin perger's dms and he wasn't interested remember that time when he was just (laughs) standing minding his own business at the d23 expo and i said hey are you kevin perger (laughs) he literally met him from recognizing his voice because he doesn't put his face anywhere no he doesn't so kate and i have seen kevin perger's face that we will not share we will not share. share but I will say if you guys are into like Disney history, whatever you need to check out his new documentary on YouTube about the fast passes. It's a, it's an hour and 42 minutes and it's worth every minute. He, he always goes above and beyond. Um, and he focuses a lot on the whole Bruce Laval storyline as well. So it's, it's really good. Um, so basically the idea, where did the idea of fast passes come from? Well, Um, Bruce initially wanted to create like a virtual queue system for the parks because he understood that people 
are not don't if they don't feel like they're getting their value they're not going to keep coming back if they spend all of their time in a line they they, they're not going to be in a rush to get back over to disney so the initial idea was for a virtual queue which would basically offer um a set time that you would have to go to the attraction in question um the issue with this system was a lot of people would end up missing this reservation window. If at 7.02 they weren't in line for Space Mountain, those spots would be empty and the attraction would still run, but just not as at, not at capacity. People right. may be on the other side of the park at 7.02 and they don't get to the ride on time. So they realized that this initial idea wouldn't work. It wasn't until he went on a ski trip and he was watching how the ski lifts work, which they apparently have two lines like a regular line and a single rider line similar to how attractions are run today and he was noticing that if a family of three went up or a family of two went up they would add a single rider or two to be able to run those uh, the the ski lift at max capacity getting people moving so that was where his mind went with this idea of the fast pass and he basically determined that the it needed to be run as two lines a fast pass line and a standby line where fast pass would be the priority and then standby would be kind of the fill-in which it's funny now that because we have single rider lines for Mm -hmm. some of the attractions as well and that kind of fills that gap too but that was where he first got the idea that this simulation could work in the parks um and then he wanted to prove this point, so that was when they started with their test system over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, since the park didn't have a lot of attractions when it first opened in 1998, it was much easier to have a controlled test in yeah. a small park like that compared to Magic Kingdom. So basically, their test was um, with two groups. Both groups had diaries where they would keep track of their entire day. The first group was the controlled group. They had no perks, no fast pass, anything like that. They just went on about their day, shared how they did it, like how it went. And they would. Get, they think they got compensated with like Disney dollars or something when they were done. But they just treated it like a normal day. And then the second group, um, they had the virtual queue option of basically they had a card that they would bring up to the cast member at the attraction the cast member would give them a return time and they were free to go do whatever they wanted until that time. And then they came back and they got right on in the back entrance of the attraction and rode it, rode the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, this test was a huge success and um, the virtual queue left guests like hoping that this would happen for future parks and it made them ready to want to come back and spend money at the parks, come back and experience it again. And even better, they went home and were bragging about it to their friends and family that weren't in the park saying, we got to try this new system. We skipped the line, you know, whatever. Um, So the next test would be Space Mountain, where it was also proven to be successful. Um, But I think an important thing about this is that Bruce Laval always felt that this service should be free and available to all guests um, because he felt that it should be an equal playing field for everybody to for everybody to have Mm -hmm. access to this leg up you know in your park experience because he he referred to the fact that Walt himself would even wait in the lines with guests because he didn't want any VIP treatment as far as experiencing the attractions in the parks Um, so yeah the fast pass system began in summer of 1999 
Um, guests could not get another fast pass until their existing one was used. Um, it was initially planned to just be for like four or five of the top attractions in each park. So when it initially rolled out at Walt Disney World, it was five attractions in Magic Kingdom, two in Epcot, five in MGM, and three in Animal Kingdom. And in Disneyland in 2000, it was only available for Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and Roger Rabbit's Toon Spin. Roger Rabbit. Cartoon Cartoon Spin. spin. Cartoon Spin. Which I think is being taken away. I heard it's either being taken away or changed. Isn't it getting changed? Like, aren't they just doing a different vibe or are they definitely taking it away? I don't know. In, In the... They haven't said anything, but in that concept art, like of toontown like it is gone Ooh. it is not there it's just like a plain old building so that is interesting. i'm glad we went on it last trip kate because that might not yeah. be there um for very long i want to go on that so bad i've never been on it really really mm-hmm. you still never and been on i it? love roger rabbit as you i know, know. Oh, that's why i'm surprised so that's why i'm surprised you haven't been on it um so the main issues that were found with this initial version of FastPass were just straight up that people did not realize it existed or how it worked. So when FastPass first launched, you had a lot of people, you know, giving mean looks to the people in the FastPass line because they didn't understand why they were cutting them or what they did to get that access, not realizing it's available mm-hmm. to everybody. Um, another issue was you know, perfecting the technology and finding the space for two lines within the queues. Some attractions like Space Mountain, they already kind of had it built in because they had two lanes. Mm -hmm. Um, But other attractions moving forward, they had to make room for that second line. Um, Right. And then getting people to understand how it worked was another big issue. Um, But they did find pretty early on that... The way the FastPass system worked, um, for those who did not get to experience the old FastPass system, you would basically go to kiosks that were near the attraction, you'd put in your park ticket, and they would shoot out available FastPass Which is so crazy to think about. Like, still, that's crazy. Like, I feel like the computer system we have now seems less complicated than, like, like, what technology had to go into those little machines knowing enough to be able to print out the right tickets? Yes. That probably sounds right. so dumb, but... Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was a lot. But you have to think when it started out, there were only like three to five attractions per park that they were doing. Yeah, that's for. true. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as difficult to manage because that was Bruce's whole thing. We don't need to like inflate things unnecessarily. We're, we're creating, we're, you know, we're, we're creating um, magic for the guest of like, this is a long line attraction. So this yeah. is why we should have some relief. Anyway, um... So basically you would get your tickets and at the beginning of the day, if you got there at rope drop and you ran straight to the Space Mountain one, you were most likely to get a fast pass within the next hour or two. So early on in the day, you'd have plenty of time to go get your next fast pass. But as things went on later in the day, you were getting fast passes for seven o'clock at night, later on in the night. And before they switched the system people were not able to get their next fast pass until they used this one because the ticket would know they already had a fast pass out. So that was when the change was made to where after either by the time of your fast pass or two hours later, you would have the opportunity to get another fast pass. Yeah. So that helped to um, solve that issue a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And was it was it two hours to start? Because I know, tw- like I was saying in, in my favorite Fast Pass memory, towards the end at Disneyland, it was 90 minutes. 
like 90 minutes later you could get another one but i don't know if that the like, research i found for different. this specific was two hours but i two mean hours. i'm pretty okay. sure at i'm pretty sure later on it ended up only being about an hour or so um in yeah. time that's what i remember when i was a kid but that's that's what was said here but um they within a year disney had labeled fast pass as a success um, the themed entertainment association at their Thea Awards in September of 2001, they gave Disney's Fast Pass an outstanding achievement as breakthrough innovation. Um, and then they started installing more Fast Pass booths, you know, throughout 2000. So like Haunted Mansion in October of 2000 got a Fast Pass booth. Oh, that's surprising that Haunted Mansion wasn't one of the first ones. But I guess I know that one was like a high right. capacity attraction. You know what I mean? Even though it's popular. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, the first Disneyland Fast Pass ever used was in November of 1999 for Small World Holiday. So um, they tested Ooh, the baby. system over in Disneyland on It's a Small wow. World. Um, and the first Disneyland Paris Fast Pass was in October of 1999 for their Indiana Jones attraction. So they were testing it out in all those parks, just kind of seeing how it would work. But this system was ultimately created for Walt Disney World because they had much more of a capacity issue, um, I guess, due to the size of the park. Um, the funny thing is the term Fast Pass has become such a universal term for anything quick you know any sort of like speed you know like you'll hear people say like i need a fast pass to this or to friday Let's get in the fast pass line right. you know <laughs> like people yeah. people use that term like band-aid you know or clean yeah like i think it's crazy it took it. me until this long to figure out that fast pass plus was when they turned it to online yeah like oh, yeah. my brain literally did not comprehend that until now until we were oh, doing really? research yeah yeah until i did research and i was like what the heck um can we talk about the marketing of this because i yeah. was watching the defunct land video and they said that it was heavily marketed but when i was doing research on trying to find marketing materials i had a really hard time because this was released in 1999 and the big marketing push at the time was the millennium celebration which is amazing. yeah we're definitely going to do an episode on that soon but i had a really mm -hmm. hard time finding it I found a commercial from 1999 that was amazing. It gave me the chills, so I'm putting it in the show notes. But Aww. it, like, there was no mention. I found a Disneyland Fast Pass commercial, and I thought it was a great marketing technique, um, the way they went about it. Basically, it showed this family doing various things throughout um, Disneyland, and the caption would say, like, waiting in line for Space Mountain, but they obviously weren't waiting in line for Space Mountain. They were eating lunch yeah. somewhere or they were riding Dumbo uh -huh. and it says waiting for line in Space Mountain. And then it was like waiting in line for Splash Mountain. Like, and then at the end, it's like them on Splash Mountain going down the hill and it says the wait is no more, you know, whatever. But I thought it was a cool concept because it kind of explained to people like you're saving time in line by mm -hmm. riding Dumbo by or eating, eating um, or, yeah. you know, and you're still going to get to ride the big attraction you want to thanks to fast pass um but yeah i tried to look for like ads and stuff and i couldn't really find any like um collateral on fast pass i remember watching the specials back then like specifically yeah. um specifically the one for 100 years of magic there was a spot in those specials where they were like have you heard of fast pass here's a kiosk this is how it works you take your ticket you know they do like the whole thing yeah so um right. when i watched defunct lands 
I noticed the footage from those specials that we watched. And so I think he kind of ran into the same thing where it was maybe within like the Disney TV, like Mm -hmm, programming mm -hmm. or like these ABC specials that they would like mention it in a spot, but there may not have been like commercials on television for it. Um, And then I was, I was um, on the defunct land special. They were talking about how they did have some special opportunities for fast pass perks with like triple A members at oh, Disneyland that's cool. where really? they got like, I don't remember that. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was interesting to me cause I've never heard anything about it, but it seemed like it was more of a, if you were a triple A member, you got, um, I think you got to get like two fast passes at a time or something like that. That would convince me. Um, wow. Oh, I know what it was. They had, I want to know what it was properly called, but it was something like, fast pass exclusive or something and basically it was at the time of right after dca probably like 2001 2002 and if you were a triple a member apparently you could go into the park and get a fast pass for every single fast pass attraction at disneyland and dca and you couldn't get a second for an attraction until you've used the one for that attraction um which is so crazy to me because that was basically an ultimate fast pass for being um, a AAA, you know, member yeah. and staying, I think you had to stay on grounds too. Maybe that was the other thing, but like mm-hmm. you knew for a fact that you could do all seven attractions in Disneyland and all five in DCA. And of course, with Kevin Perger's humor, he's like the only downside was you had to ride all five attractions in a 2002 DCA or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, of course. But you know what I mean. So it, it's interesting to know that there were these different versions of like Fast Pass perks, even yeah. back then. Um, but basically, we had that version of Fast Pass all the way up until um, 2014. They would. Be, they would begin rolling out um, my Disney experience with paper fast passes still intact because they were having to try to kind of like get people used to this new system that was through the app mm-hmm. and it was more itinerary based. And then it sounds like as of January 2014, they just all together pulled the plug on the paper fast passes kind of in an right. effort to force the success of this new program that they spent a <laughs> billion dollars creating. An actual billion dollars? Yes, they had a $1 billion budget towards the My Disney Experience, um, you know, FastPass Plus software. And the issue was, whereas FastPass and some of these other systems that they put in place would definitely make them more money because, you know, if people aren't aren't waiting in line, they're more likely to go spend money on Mm -hmm. food or whatever, um all of the potential perks of this whole FastPass Plus system were all up in the air. And I feel like with FastPass Plus, it really pushed it because FastPass, of course, people would be spending time at restaurants and stuff. Yeah. But you really didn't, you still maybe didn't know when to make your reservation. Whereas with FastPass Plus, when you could really start planning that, it really made people be like, oh, okay, well, I'll definitely pick up a restaurant reservation at X time because I know I can, you know? Yeah. The only thing was, it's like everything was up in the air. It was you know, it was definitely 
seem to be helping the guest experience, but like the bottom line of the technology wasn't necessarily going to make them more money. If it was going to make them more money, it would be maybe through them using the magic band to make more purchases because they're not thinking about pulling out their card. Yeah. Or they may spend yeah, more money, true. you know, waiting in between fast passes. But it definitely wasn't making them back a billion dollars. And um, apparently it was a very stressful time for that tech team and for the CEO at the time. Um, Iger being like this better work, you know, <laughs> that we're putting all this money in. Um, and so we had FastPass Plus from January of 2014 until the parks closed for the global pandemic in March of 2020. Which is insane. Who would have thought that would have been like, would have been like the last time we used fast passes. We right. we say that, but it was kind of alluded to at the D23 Expo in 2019 when they announced Genie coming to the Disney parks. We oh, didn't know did? what all it would entail, but oh. yeah, they they mentioned it in the parks mm-hmm. panel. When I was sitting in there, I was like, Disney Genie, what is this? But yeah, they, so they were kind of alluding to you know it was definitely going to be something paid um but i think honestly having that chance to shut everything down and kind of give everybody no option but to adapt to this new paid option um that we're getting today it it worked out for them because it would have been much harder for everything to be running full speed and then be like, JK, as of this day, we're going to start right, doing next week. a different system where you now pay for something that was free, you know? Um, right. But yeah, and as far as Disneyland goes, um, they had fast pass from 2000 until the park closed for the pandemic because they still had regular fast pass running in tandem with, Max Pass, isn't that correct, Adam? Because people could technically get paper fast yeah. passes. Yes. Yep, yep. I just I went and grabbed mine. I'm looking at all of them, all of my right now, but I have like all of these still. Yeah. From like all these I different rides have, and stuff. I have a few from my first trip to Disneyland because at that time Fast Pass Plus was a thing at Walt Disney World and I, you know, had been kicking myself for not getting those fast passes back then. And I have them right. for Tower of Terror for DCA, which I'm Ooh. so glad I have now That's that a good it's one. not a thing. I'm surprised yep. too, like, cause they did that at Disneyland for so long to have yeah. both, you know, to have like Fast Pass and Max Pass. I wish right. I haven't tested Disney Genie yet. I've heard a lot of mixed feedback from people who have. Yeah. I'm really excited to try it out. I feel like it is a great feature because I know there have been many times where I'm like, damn, I would have paid to be able to get on this ride. You know, it's really important to, yeah. you know, our vacation. But still, it would have been cool if there was still like a free option. I have not um, experienced Genie Plus or Lightning Lane. And I think that's important to point out is that it's not i think the biggest issue with this new system is it's not as simple because you have genie plus but then you also have additional individual lightning lane that you pay for and i feel like it's going to be just even harder for guests to really understand the concept i feel like guests like there's so much stuff to understand when you come on a walt disney world vacation but i kind of also Mm -hmm. think like for me at least i'm a planner i don't go on a vacation anywhere without doing research so i feel like it's kind of the same thing you know what i mean yeah right and i understand that uh for me, it's just the biggest issue with the FastPass Plus system was that they were creating line they were creating line inflation that they didn't need because they weren't yeah. able to create enough FastPass Plus reservations for every single guest to make that far out. So like if they would have just stuck to the actual attractions that needed fast passes, i.e. Thunder Mountain space, all that 
everybody wouldn't have a chance to book those in advance. So that's how we ended up getting situations like uh, the seas with Nemo and friends, you know, living with the land, other attractions like that, because they had to have something for people to choose as yeah. their fast pass right. plus options. And that is where we would see these crazy, you know, line situations um, in these parks where they, they don't really have as many fast pass esque attractions as they lead on. Right. So, it seemed like Epcot was always like the one struggling the most yes, with that because yeah. like, there were like two has, maybe three right. max when they got frozen and that was really all right. they needed fast pass. but then but then they i didn't they make it tiers yes. where you could only get like one of yes, the top ones the then tiers. everyone else right and then you had to pick two out of like nemo living with the land figment spaceship earth so those lines were inflated so much they were. because people had no other choice other than to book two two of those and just go on them and then mix that with all the issues that came with just the new technology of magic bands and you know that new technology right. of trying to scan into the park and maybe not knowing what finger it is or reservations yeah. disappearing or the app not working like it led to a lot of backup in a lot of ways when the system first launched in 2014 yeah. and if you want to learn more about that definitely check out defunct lands um documentary on it we're going to link it in the show notes but he goes into a lot of detail about how how disney kind of felt about all of that new technology and how they were trying to combat those issues um and how the guests felt because i know me personally when i experienced fast pass plus for the first time in 2014 i was not happy um the the way the system worked and i will say i sent in like a very detailed survey with my thoughts <laughs> and by my next trip the next year it. They had made some changes to the system, and I yeah, the guest feedback does matter. I, like when yeah, you're asked to give your feedback, the feedback that yeah, left. especially your feedback. Yeah, yes, it was definitely. I know Kate's that they mostly. put mine on the wall. Like they, they were, were like, like, "This Caitlin. is it, guys." Yeah. Caitlin Kilbrew yeah. sent guys. <laughs> get it, together. guys. This is from Caitlin. Um, but you know, I and I I I reminded myself when the system switched that it's going to take some time to work out the kinks, and I do think that they were you know, really getting it together. But the only issue with the FastPass Plus system is that it was meant to create an advantage for those who, and Kevin talks about this in the documentary, but like it was initially meant to create an advantage for those staying on property who were probably visiting once in a lifetime because they were definitely staying on property. So they got that yeah. 60 day out window. They could probably get the best, you know, attractions for the window, whatever. Um, but the problem was it actually ended up benefiting annual pass holders and more seasoned guests who go like every few years because they would understand the system better than someone staying on grounds that goes once every, you know, every 10 years. So a system that was created to initially benefit those who are more novice, it actually ended up putting them in a worst case situation with spending time waiting in line because they just didn't understand the system. They didn't understand the ways to get around. And I mean, I went to Disney with a friend parents who hadn't been but once every 10 years and i mean we were arguing over the fact that she wanted to rope drop pirates and i'm like we don't need to rope drop pirates like we need to rope drop <laughs> yeah. something else you know Anything and else. it's just yeah so it's it's just interesting that the system which you know obviously there was benefits to paying a little more by staying on property you got that access um 
further out, but it still didn't help them in the long run because they couldn't kind of crack the system like APs could. Yeah. Um, but I did want to talk about something random that I found um, that's kind of yes, related. Yes, love it. Um, that I've never seen anything about since. Disney Magic Connection. So Ooh. in January of 2008, Disney was working some testing systems for something called Disney Magic Connection, which was going to use handheld wireless um, Nintendo DSs for visitors in the parks to be able to... Yeah, a Nintendo DS. So basically, they were having testers take these Nintendo DS devices around Magic Kingdom to use it as kind of like a guide to know about like shows, parades, ride times, characters, where the nearest bathrooms were. Apparently they wanted the technology to be able to let them make fast pass reservations on the DS. Um, So it's like pal Mickey without the Mickey. Exactly. So basically they were taking advantage of this technology they'd already created for pal Mickey that was already within magic kingdom. Um, They were able to like cut the cost on, you know, a new technology because they already had it from pal mickey it used the same sensors and everything but the biggest issue they found with the tests and i guess with the product overall because i've literally never seen this come to be like i don't i don't find i've only found them talking about it in 2008 in the test and that's it um was they would require guests to make a 300 dollars safety deposit to rent it for the day in case a guest decided to like leave with the Nintendo DS and not return it. I so or drop yeah, it in the drop rivers, it in of, the rivers America. of America or something like that. So Yeah, DS was expensive. Yeah, so they would require them to give a credit card for a three hundred dollar safety deposit. And um but yeah, so basically it was in my opinion, the first version of what would become like my Disney experience, the the apps that we would see yeah. in the future, um, but with these handheld devices that we were all using yeah. back then, um, the only issue was they weren't going to allow people to bring their own Nintendo DS and like connect to the software. You'd Ooh, have to like rent theirs, rent theirs, which you'd have to do this three hundred dollars safety deposit and all that. So it said that if it fared well, then they were going to try to roll it out in two thousand. I never heard about it again so I'm assuming it did not fare well but I thought that since we touched on pal Mickey last season that was kind of a fun yeah that's random so cool. random initiative yeah, they were amazing. trying to do to kind of help with fast pass and all these other systems at Disney um yeah I'm trying to think if I have anything else do you have anything Josie that's it you crushed this episode Kate you did. I will say if you want like if you want to learn a ton about just like line cues, all that kind of stuff, check out Kevin Perger's episode. I learned all kinds of new terms, like the term balking, which means when someone decides whether or not they're going to wait in a queue due to length. We do that hmm. all the time. And yep. the ability of like having an app gave people the chance to balk from afar because they could just check the wait times on the app. Yeah. Which is so nice, like, because I really think about that. I'm like, dang, remember when you had to walk all the way over to a ride? I mean, like, yeah, there were screens in the park, but you know what I mean? Like, you'd have to walk all the way to somewhere to be like, ugh, I don't even want to go on that. 
Right. I mean, I don't know about about it Walt Disney World because I hadn't my first visit there mm-hmm. was in 2011. But like when I was a kid and a teen, um, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s at um, at Disneyland on Main Street near the hub, they just had like a board, not a video board, just a giant yeah. like oh, board. Yeah. And they would just, re- you know, they would have these signs with numbers on them and it would just say Big Thunder Mountain. They'd, they'd put up whatever, you know, sign corresponded with the current wait time, but we would have to, you know, the choices to find out a wait time where you either walk to the ride and see what the sign said, or you walk to Main Street and you got to see, you know, the the most popular 15 wait times for the day. And now you don't have to do any of that. You just have your app and you could see wait times at, at any point, no, no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's And true. I can't it's, wait to continue to see how, how, you know, this new system grows. And, and even with the new announcements with, you know, Magic Bands going to Disneyland and it's there's so much growth in this space right it's now, which craziness. is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I What I think is so cool about this whole system idea in the first place was it was all about you know, upping efficiency, but also creating an experience that guests would want to go home and brag about. And that, that would be probably the biggest note I'd want to leave on is, yeah, you know, we, we, we see it pushed as like a, this is your way to save time waiting in line. But ultimately this was created to give people a reason to brag about going to Disney and a reason to want to go back. Cause they felt like they were kind of cheating the system or like, you know, hacking the system and getting yeah. the best way to do it and telling those who they knew at home, like, oh, you've got to go back to the parks. We can do these, you know, quick lines. And I got to go have lunch and wait to ride Space Mountain. And it was great. So it, I, the reason we initially talked about doing this episode was that this system that became such a big part of Disney's Disney guest experiences was all started as a way to get word of mouth to other people about going to the parks. So yeah. I'm sure it worked. I mean, FastPass completely revolutionized going to the Disney parks and maximizing the time and and money spent there. Exactly. We miss you, FastPass. I really do. I miss miss the original version of FastPass so much. I mean, granted, we understood the system. We knew get there at Rope Drop. We knew haul it to the rides and all that. But I I, I liked the system a lot better than FastPass Plus. (laughs) <laughs> and i i need to try lightning lane and genie plus though so yeah we'll report back it's yeah but i'm amazing. interested to see when when they finally announce like an actual start date for all of you know the genie plus and lightning lane at disneyland because me too they still haven't announced it yet even though it's up and running in in florida but i as soon as it is you know my first reservation that i have afterwards i'm gonna pay you know the whatever it costs and just test it out one day and see how it goes yeah from what i'm hearing it sounds like your better bet for cases like us where we go a lot of the time would be probably just paying for the individual lightning lane for a specific attraction you want to do versus the genie plus itself. Whereas people who don't visit that often, they would want to pay for genie Mm -hmm. plus and then maybe do additional when they're there. So yeah. Right. And did you guys see that a few days ago, they finally announced that rise of the resistance in Disneyland is going to be a standard queue and no more. I did. I think I saw that during the destination D 23 event. Right. I don't know how I feel about that. I I don't know. I I just, I can't do the the 7am wake up calls. That was stressful because then you'd wait, you'd like wake yourself up. You wouldn't, you know, get it. Like, I don't know. It was a little stressful, but I, I had a love and hate relationship with that. Truly. I will say though, I think that my eyes kind of opened more about the virtual queues after getting a virtual queue for um ratatouille because 
-hmm. Ratatouille does not have nearly the capacity for a cue that, um, you know, Rise of the Resistance did. Whereas I feel like with Rise of the Resistance, you get this boarding group and you spend all day riding the rides. And then once you're walking through this long queue, you're continuing to move. So you're not realizing you're actually waiting in line probably 20 or 30 minutes before the ride starts. Mm -hmm. But with Ratatouille, you walk up and there's a winding switchback line right outside of the attraction you're just seeing all these crowds and you're like wait i'm waiting in a line for Uh, waiting in a boarding room all day yeah so you know um when adam and i went we had the das capability so we didn't end up having to wait in that but you know i i always mention that too if you if someone in your party has a das and you have a virtual queue make sure that you ask if they have a das line because you don't have to wait in that switchback line and it's just because the france pavilion is so small on space that they can't hide that 20 minutes of line as well as something like rise of resistance could but right i digress so that's that that's that on fast passes (laughs) yay i guess this is an unofficial uh you know ad for the defunct land um, 100 documentary because it really was cool he he ran tests he ran tests and everything and i thought it was really great so i find it very cool timing that this was already on our calendar and that came out just a day or two ago and i think it just makes sense with all the fun news that's happened recently yeah definitely but that's it. That's our episode for this week. Thank you all so much for listening along to this fun history of Fast Passes. We love and appreciate you all so, so, so much. Um, and yeah, if you want to find us on Instagram to talk some more about Fast Passes, Max Passes, Fast Plus, Genie Plus, you can find us at Carousel Project Podcast on Instagram. And as usual, if you enjoyed this episode or another episode of our podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts to let them know a little bit more about this passion project, we would so much appreciate it. Um, A great review for us would include some comments about the podcast more than just the ranking, Um, but that's a great way to let Apple Podcasts know we exist and hopefully get us out to even more potential listeners. Yes, please. And also, you know, let let people you know in your life, if they if you think they would like our podcast, please let them know. Please share it with them. Specific episodes, the podcast as a whole. We we would love more, you know, listeners and a bigger audience. So please um, share us if you can. Thanks. We love you. Bye. Love Bye. you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Take care. Take care. <laughs> I thought you had five minutes. <laughs>